Hello everyone, welcome to Working at the Wheel. I'm your host Vicki Dombeck and welcome back to our third episode of our new podcast. To tell you a little bit about ourselves, Working at the Wheel is a podcast produced by the student leaders from the Christian Campus Ministry Badger Crew. We're set in Madison, Wisconsin, but our goal is to be a resource to young adults across the world. We get our name from Jeremiah 18, where God is referenced as a potter, working at the wheel as if we are the clay. Today, we have some really special guests here to kick off our first topical episode about ministering and sharing our faith with our closest friends. Last week, you heard us kick off our new series called Home Alone. And while today's episode is not a part of that series, it is a continuation of that conversation that we had last week about friendships and maybe facing some new challenges when we make our way home for the holidays. Um, so joining me today is my podcast team co-host, Katie Cheesebro. How's it going, Katie? Absolutely fantastic. Uh, we've also got two amazing people joining us virtually who I know are super excited to be here amidst their crazy schedules. So we have Brad Davison from the Wisconsin men's basketball team. How's it going, Brad? What's up, Vicki? Hi, Katie. Thank you for having me. Uh, we've also got Maddie Posick from the women's hockey team. How's it going, Maddie? I'm great. Thank you. How are you guys? Oh, we're, we're just doing great. Uh, we said earlier, they're not going to hear this until closer to Thanksgiving, but it is game day today. Game so day. Uh, we're pretty <laughs> excited about that. That's for sure. Yeah. So like I said, today we're talking mainly about um, kind of how to minister to friends, how to minister to teammates, especially from your guys' perspective and what that might look like um, in terms of going home for Thanksgiving break and maybe being away from that community that we've grown so much in um, on campus. Um, so to backtrack a little bit, our Home Alone series is what we started last week. We talked a lot about um, how to handle going home and um, going back to something after growing immensely, especially in our faith. Um, so I know for you guys, that's a little bit different because you guys might not have Thanksgiving breaks or not normally as long of breaks because your schedule is pretty crazy. So do you guys want to talk a little bit about how... How have these holiday breaks been for you in terms of going home, maybe being a little bit away from your team community or your Christian community on campus? Yeah, I can speak on that. Um, it is a little bit difficult. I know, you know, Thanksgiving, I don't think I've spent it with my family in the last three or four years. Um, but that just means that I'm with my team, which is also an awesome experience. Um, but, you know, getting closer to Christmas time, it's nice to live, you know, 20 minutes outside of campus and be able to see my family and I know that some of my teammates aren't as lucky to do that so um, I think just taking it you know like one day at a time um, and when our teammates do get to see their families and they have to leave early and be back you know by December 27th or so um, we just try to welcome them in or like make it as easy for them as possible because we know we, they don't get to see them very often so um it is difficult, um, but I would say I'm I'm very lucky and I'm very grateful that my family is so close. Yeah, I know, Brad, your family's a little bit farther away than uh, 20 minutes, so especially to your, your friends from your hometown. So what has that kind of been like for you when normally you guys are probably playing in some tournament over Thanksgiving? Yeah, I got about a four-and-a-half-hour drive to get back to Maple Grove, Minnesota. Um but yeah, so usually over Thanksgiving break, we are in a holiday tournament. So we've been in Kansas City, we've been in the Bahamas, we've been in Brooklyn. This year we're supposed to go to Tampa Bay uh, or go to Fort Myers, but that's obviously changed up a little bit with um, you know the season of life that we find ourselves in. Uh, so Thanksgiving, I'm usually traveling around, but Christmas, we usually get three days to go home. Um, and those are definitely times that I cherish and look forward to. I kind of think of it as, you know, when you when your battery 
like your phone battery starts to die a little bit. That's what kind of happens as you go throughout the season or throughout a semester. And so that time when I get to go home, it's like getting plugged back in. And a little reset, a little recharge, uh, and then I feel refreshed coming back to school. And uh, we talked a little bit last week. Um, obviously, you guys weren't on the podcast last week, but just kind of to fill you in is we talked about how that can be a struggle for a lot of people to go home um, after having a lot of growth and maybe some uh, renewal being on campus and finding some new people. Um, so can you guys talk a little bit maybe about that in terms of, you know, Katie, feel free to chime in too about how, how difficult that might be in terms of, you know, you guys came to campus your freshman year on a team and you left to go home for break and things might be completely different, especially in a faith aspect as well. Definitely, and I think everyone has different dynamics, uh, different household dynamics, and different families and backgrounds they come from, so everyone has a little different experience. Uh, me, personally, it's a blessing to go home um, because, you know, I grew up in the faith um, with my sisters and my parents and some close friends, so to go back and see them is always great. Um, but I'd say one way to look at it is if it is a different dynamic um, than, you know, being a part of crew here or being in what Maddie and I are part of, Athletes in Action, when you leave what your ministry or kind of leave your community and go to a different environment or a different area, whether that's your family or your high school friends. Um, you know, I'd love to look at that as an opportunity. It's an opportunity to continue to grow in your faith, to share your faith, and to live out your faith in an area that might be new, that might be uncomfortable, but also at the same time, you know, it's a beautiful opportunity, um, you know, for you to actually be the light of Christ to other people who may not know him yet. And that is the beauty of being a Christian and being a follower of Christ. Uh, those are opportunities that we have each and every day. Um, man, so I would just encourage people that if it, that is their dynamic, going back to a family or to a hometown where, you know, maybe faith isn't as encouraged, um, man, it's a beautiful opportunity for, for them to introduce that to others. Yeah, I definitely think Brad hit it right on the head, but um, I think not only for, you know, the people around you, but also just for yourself um, to really put those principles into action um, when you're not around community, when you're not constantly like reminded that you have AIA every Monday night. Um, I think it's a great time to really dive into um, uh, just like I said, like those principles that we have talked about integrating, you know, prayer life um, into your time what's not necessarily built into your schedule, I guess. Um, And just as Brad said, you know, when you set aside time uh, for the things that really matter to you, like your family's gonna see that, your close friends are gonna see that, and like they're gonna wonder what that is. Um, Yeah. Yeah, going off that, bringing the Christ into Christmas, I think can be a cool opportunity too. I think a lot of us lose sight uh, with the holiday. Uh, A lot of people just see it as another uh, time to go home, take a break from school. And I think a lot of times Christ can get lost in that. So I think you being that light and introducing that into your little cousin, your friends, your family's life can be super important. And hopefully by now there's snow on the ground and we're listening to Christmas music and we're having a great time. <laughs> I'm, we already I know, got snow in Minnesota. Oh yeah, up there too. <laughs> lots lots of snow. I'm, I'm excited for it. Um, and, and two, kind of moving into what we really want to talk about today is Brad had mentioned that going home truly is an opportunity to be this light of Christ in people's lives. That maybe we don't, you know, have that opportunity when we're far away from them or we live four and a half hours from them. Um, so can we, can we talk a little bit about, like, 
how can we do that? How can we truly be that person who can push them towards the Lord um, when we're maybe a little bit out of our element ourselves? You know, the first thing that comes to mind is first just the way we love them. You know, that's our first and greatest commandment is to love our neighbor. And, you know, our neighbor just means the person right next to us. So when we go home and we're with our family members, we're with our actual neighbors, we're with our high school buddies, whatever it may be, the first and most important thing we can do is just love on them. And we love on them by listening to them, by caring for them, by communicating with them and just forming that relationship and that connection time. Um, so I think... You know, everyone talks about spreading the gospel, and it's, it's a communication thing. But, you know, the first thing is it's an example thing. It's how you live your life. It's how you treat them. It's how you interact with other people. Um, and, you know, they'll see the light of Christ through you by the way that you treat and interact and love them. I think one of my favorite analogies going off of that is just overflowing with the Holy Spirit and being so present and so undeniably within Christ that someone has no option but to look at you and be like, wow this person has really changed. And in a good way, they're so much more joyful, they're so much more present, they're so much more ready to listen and be my friend. So I, that's one of my favorite analogies is just to overflow with the Holy Spirit um, whenever you're around people that you could affect. And then in turn, letting God work with that seed that you planted and allow him to grow that especially. That's so good. That's good things all around. Yeah, I think the only thing that I'd really add is that like, like you were talking about seeds, Vicky, like just because you, you know, you plant a seed right now doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to see the fruit the same Christmas time, right? And so I think just being consistent, um, being faithful that God, you know, is working in those people's lives that you have been praying for. Um, I think ultimately, yeah, we love on others and we are not the ones to decide if they accept Christ or not. That is God divinely persuading them every single day. And so just being faithful um, and yeah, continue to love on them if they accept Christ or if they don't. For sure. And, and two, you know, you guys have a very interesting perspective of being athletes and having kind of those built-in friends on your team that you can really be uh, that light to and that influence to. Um, so obviously both of you are seniors. You've had your experience of practices and games and championships, I might add. Uh, so do you want to talk maybe a little bit about what has it been for you through your experience at UW, um, ministering to not only the friends and the people that you've come in, you know, in close with, but also the teammates that have kind of been placed in your lap by God. Man, I just grateful. Honestly, it's been such a wild ride and a roller coaster all the time. Um, but you know, the last three years, four years, going on four, I guess. Um, can only think of it as opportunities every single time you hit the ice, every single time you're in the locker room, every single time you encounter a teammate or um, an athlete um, uh, along, you know, the side of the road. Like it's just, um, Christ has completely changed my perspective on everything, my approach on everything, and just ultimately like my heart posture towards struggles or things that are really difficult, like a hard workout or classes, anything like that. Um, I think, you know, going to Wisconsin where we definitely hold like a repu uh, reputation of like you know we are party animals like we love game days we love Friday nights we love all of that and you know having the goal of like getting one person on each um, team to have somebody represent that uh, represented in AIA and like bring that back to their team I think that's huge um, and personally I think you know the hockey team has come a long way 
Um, we've had some ups and downs just with Bible study, but I think, you know, this year um, prayers are being answered um, and God is ultimately moving in, in my teammates' lives. And it's amazing to see, like, that's not my doing, but that is a constant, like, prayer that I have, you know? Um, and I think, you know, it goes more than winning championships, although, like, those people will be in my life forever. It goes beyond that. Um, and it's definitely something that I've noticed the past couple of years since the championship of just, you know, how we treat people is more important than our points and how we love on others. Like Brad was saying, like, it goes way farther than how many minutes you played, how many championships you won, your grades, all of that. Yeah, so I heard you say two things mainly is, number one, just being there and being a resource to them and letting them know that you're a resource, but also prayer and having that just be such a big part in in your walk, especially with your teammates and with your friends. Um, and I know, too, even me being on a club team, intramurals, anything like that is still an opportunity. You don't have to be a Division One athlete, Big Ten champion, multi, you know, national champion, whatever, to minister to these people and to be there for them. You know, you don't even have to be on a team. You know, it's, it's like Brad said, it's the person next to you that you can really influence and, and how you can do that. Yeah, kind of going off that. So, um, obviously, you guys see them as teammates, and God has placed them in their your guys' lives as those. But how do you see them as brothers and sisters in Christ before you see them as a teammate? Is there a certain instant in your life or an experience where you're like, yeah, that's my brother in, or sister in Christ before that's, oh, that's my hockey or basketball teammate? That's a really good question. Um, and I kind of want to answer it by picking out something Maddie said and what Vicky just said about the importance of prayer. Um, and I think that has been very significant in our team and in my experience over the last three years, um, is I truly believe that prayer is an avenue for encouragement and prayer is an avenue for acknowledging someone as a brother and sister in Christ as before a teammate. And so like an example of that is if you are praying for your teammates, and then, you know, in a couple weeks, you get to have a life-giving conversation with them. You know, that is an avenue where now you're encouraged to where now, yes, they're your teammate, yes, you're a friend, but also you realize that you guys are united over this spiritual bond and spiritual relationship as a brother or sister in Christ. Um, and so I'd say one way or one experience is just through prayer, being encouraged by seeing those prayers answered through different conversations and different interactions and different transformations of my own life and my teammates' life definitely continues to encourage me that, you know, I realize that I'm not in this journey alone and that I have the greatest helper of all time on my side, you know, walking before me and tying, tying and knitting all of us together as a team and as one body of Christ. Um, so I would just say through prayer, you can really be encouraged and reminded that there's a bigger goal than winning games and scoring points and scoring goals, but ultimately it is to become united. Um, that's the beautiful thing that you have as a team is that you're always reminded of that and you need to be united to win because the goal is to win. But along the way, um, becoming united is extremely, extremely significant. And I think unity is a is a big word that has been at least on my heart through this time and through 2020 because it's been hard for us to truly be unified as a body of Christ, right, especially in person. Um, but I think it's important to touch on there's so many different ways that unity can come out. You know, we don't have to be in person right next to each other for unity to truly exist in the body of Christ. Um, and even what you were saying in the power of prayer, you know, bringing together that unity and lifting that up to God, um, 
and saying, hey, I, I, I need this. I need this unity. I need us to all be together, and I really want this. Um, and making those requests known to him um, is the first step in doing that, and I think that's really powerful in, in bringing that unity together for sure. The next thing, too, that we wanted to talk about, um, and it might be not as easy of a question to answer as the ones that we've been going through before, but where have you seen kind of some struggle, you know, on your team of, man, I really just want this person, you know, they're, they're getting so far, but they're still in this spot. Like, you know, it's, it's not all sunshine and rainbows when it comes to ministering to your friends and teammates. Where, where have you seen kind of that struggle? How have you persevered through it? You know, what, what have you seen the Lord do through that struggle, um, especially too? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really difficult um, to transfer what you talk about in Bible study out into, onto the ice or onto the court or wherever you may be. Um, like, it's one thing to talk about it in a really safe community and an apartment and, like, just talking with your friends, but then all of a sudden you put it onto, um, like, competitively, you're all competing against each other to make each other better, and, like, how do you bring that back to the ice? It's definitely a struggle, and, like, personally, like, that's a struggle for myself to even remember my truths on the ice if I have a bad practice, like, something that I'm constantly going through, um, and so I think I do a better job of, like, letting people know, like, hey, it's all good, like, it's not a bad life, it's just one bad practice, you know, like, everything is fine, but then when it comes to myself, I'm like, uh, eh, doesn't apply, like, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not good at, um, doing that, but I think, like, with my teammates, it's really difficult to, um, to help them understand that, like, life and sport aren't separated when it comes to Christ. Like, he, he wants you to succeed in Bible study just as bad as he wants you to succeed in school, just as bad as he wants you to succeed in relationships, just as bad as he wants you to succeed on the ice. And, um, I think especially for people that are beginning their relationship with Christ, beginning, um, their faith journey, it's difficult to understand that, that, like, he doesn't categorize or compartmentalize like the things in our life. Um, he's ultimately there like through it all. And so that's definitely been a struggle to, I guess, explain and then just to personally like live out. Yeah, I really like that answer. Yeah. Go for it, Katie. I was just going to say um, in my personal life, you were talking about how um, a lot of times it's so easy uh, to tell your teammate, oh, it's just a bad practice, you'll get over it. It's so easy to tell your friends, oh, it's just a bad day, but personally, uh, it's a struggle. And I think in my personal life, actions speak almost louder than words. So I think a lot of times we worry so much about saying the right thing to your friends so that God can soften their hearts or praying the right thing. But I think just like we were talking about earlier, being there, being a light in their life can move mountains. Um, God can move, move mountains in your in their life through you. And I think, yeah, just acting as God would and trying your best to um, can break that silence. Right on. You know, I think to add to that question of how I'd answer it, I love what you said about, you know, being there and acting and not only saying the right things, but you know, interacting with them and loving them. I think that's one of the biggest struggles that I would say is that, you know, I put such an, you put such an importance on wanting to be an example and being a witness by what you do, how you act, the things you say, um, that it, it kind of puts yourself to hold yourself at a really high standard. 
And it also, when you hold yourself at a high standard, also being human, it means that we're not going to reach that standard most of the time. Um, and so the biggest struggle that I would say is, for me personally, is when you don't meet that standard and there's a lot of shame that comes with it. Because you're like, man, I'm supposed to be this example, this witness, I'm supposed to be leading them in, in the light leading them in the direction of Christ and then Brad why'd you do that or you can't act like that or you can't say that um, and so I'd say the biggest struggle is remembering God's grace at those times is because you know the reason that we have grace is because we are inadequate to do it on our own but by God's grace we are more than conquerors we are fully equipped and we are overflowing with the Holy Spirit which makes us capable of you know continuing to lead even when we're maybe we're not worthy of it or capable of it um, and so I'd say that's the biggest struggle but where I've seen God's presence become so evident in that is the times where maybe you feel weak or the times when you don't meet that standard or the times where you feel like you're not good enough or you're not doing well enough or actually I feel like he uses those times to make you relatable to make you human to humble you and to bring you closer to your teammates and bring you closer to your friends because you can ultimately relate to each other because a mistake that you've made they've probably made too and vice versa um, and so say long story short the struggle is remembering God's grace but how I see the evidence of God's presence working in the midst of that is by the relatability that mistakes do to bring us closer together yeah exactly and I totally agree that we're all human, and I think through our mistakes, we can grow together, uh, grow together amongst each other and grow together in Him. Um, so how have you guys found on your team that um, obviously unity is important and working as one body is important, uh, but all the time we hear in church that God is the only thing that should be on a, a rock foundation in our life. How do you guys have that mentality um, and also unify with those teammates that necessarily don't have the same mindset? We talk a lot about um, in AIA and AIA leadership, just about being vulnerable and being authentic in the way that you approach people and the way that you talk to people. Um, as Christians, like we are literally coming to God's feet and saying, like, I am not perfect and I cannot do this. And so the fact that you know there is a reputation for Christians being elite and having it all put together is not how we want to come across like we want our teammates who who see that we're set apart in some way to know that it's not because we think we're perfect it's because we know that we're not um and that we're coming ultimately to to them to show like you don't have to be this x y or z to have a relationship with christ literally it's just um loving him with everything that you have and and um i think that's super difficult and like it's definitely a day-by-day -day thing, but, you know, coming to them and not not acting a way that you're not. And James, it talks about how people, like, come up with a mask, and, like, they hide their insecurities, they hide the things that they're broken about, and, like, God doesn't want that. He doesn't want that when you come to Him. He does not want that when you come to others. And so being authentic, being vulnerable, and saying, you know, like, I'm not perfect, and, like, that's why I need a Savior, and, like, I guess relating with them in a way that is deeper than than like what Brad was saying deeper than like a, a sport level um it's you have that like spiritual connection then for sure I think that's so good I think that's so much truth um in, in terms of, of going through that and the next part and kind of final part that we really want to hit on in this episode is 
okay, so you've gotten to the point where the Lord has put someone in your life who's ready to listen. And whether it be a teammate, a friend, anybody, this person is sitting there saying, tell me the truth. Give, pour into me everything that you got. Give me your best pitch. You know, what is, what are some ways that you would kind of recommend going about that situation? Because that does happen probably more than we think is someone comes to you and it's just kind of like, I'm ready. I'm ready to listen. God has worked on their heart. Um, what are some ways that you can kind of, whether you've had experience through a teammate or just generic, what are some ways that you can truly go about that situation um, to best pour God into them? And especially if it might be maybe your one shot to do it. Um, you know, I think in that moment first, you've got to be kind of overwhelmed with gratitude. Um, when you really think about the weight of that conversation and what's at stake. Uh, you know, you're not just talking about a game or a day or a semester. That's talking about eternity in that moment where you get the opportunity to share the good news of Jesus Christ with another brother and sister. And like, that's a really important and amazing message and the best news that you can ever tell somebody. So I think, first of all, you just kind of got to be overwhelmed with gratitude that God is trusting you with that moment and giving you the opportunity to pour into someone else. Um, the way I'd go about it is I would start from the beginning and I would make sure that they know exactly what they are accepting and what they're looking for and what they're missing out on. And I'd relate it to your own personal experience. And I would let them know that like, this is one of the coolest moments of your life that we're being a part of right now you are hearing for the first time or maybe for the first time that you're really letting it get into your heart that there is a savior who's the son of God who was sent for you who became flesh to suffer for your sins to die on the cross to raise again to overcome death to open up eternity with him in heaven and right now in this moment you have the opportunity to receive him as your Lord and Savior and that means that for eternity you get to spend hand in hand, arm in arm with the creator of the universe. And there's no nothing that you can do to lose that. There's nothing you can do to gain that any more than you already have because in that moment he's he's given it all to you and he has already risked it all for you. So at that moment you are in right relationship with Christ. And no matter what you do, no matter how far you run away, you know he's still going to be there right behind you. Um, and so I would just get really personal with them, really intentional with them, and make sure that they know, um, you know, what they're getting themselves into. Because if they know what they're getting themselves into, um, nothing's going to be able to hold them back. And at that point, it's done, right? Like, they they accept that, and it's done. It's a, Period. yeah, it's a, There's no going back. It's a seal. It's, it's a guarantee. It's a deposit, is how Scripture um, describes the Holy Spirit. Is Once it's in, it's not seeping out. There's nowhere it can go. Um, so, man, I would, just the gratitude and the encouragement piece of being trusted in that situation, there's no feeling like it. Absolutely. And Maddie's got a giant smile on her face right now, so I know she wants to chime in here. But <laughs> what about you, Maddie? What do you got to say about that? Like, it's so good. Yeah, so good. Like, jazzed up right now. It's like I'm hearing it for the first time. I'm like, yeah, like, let's go. Jesus Christ, let's do it. Um, no, I, I think Brad is totally right, but I think also for the person that is um, sharing the gospel with this person to understand that like it's not on you if they don't accept Christ, that like I said before, is still God persuading this person, but you are just relating to them 
you were getting on the same level as them and saying like this is who Jesus is he loves you he died for you and like right now like it seems overwhelming but like he is he's been walking with you this whole time like everything leading up until this moment has been Christ getting you here um and so yeah just for the person that is explaining the gospel um to this potential Christian knowing that like it's not it's not on you and that's a good thing and a bad thing like it's not about you it's about Christ and so like 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 Brad was saying like letting them know like who Jesus is letting them know that um I mean from the beginning is is a good place to start but also just letting them know like like you are so loved like no matter your decision right now like you are still so loved and nothing that you can do or say or think or what you have done will separate you from God um he wants a relationship with you so bad um and right now in this moment like all you have to do is just like accept who he is and he will make himself so evident to you like it will be impossible to say that there is not a god yeah going off that god's not gonna bring you to a situation that you can't get through he's not gonna bring you there drop you on your feet and be like good luck deuces he's gonna be there <laughs> with you the whole way uh he's He's there. The Holy Spirit is in you, working through you. Um, he is creating those words that you can speak to them. Um, so even if you feel like, wow, I messed up, God made you say something that will or will not resonate with them. Um, he's with you. He's not yeah. going to leave you there cold. So He's only going to give you things that you can't handle, you know? Like, he's only going to give you things that you need him for, especially when you accept let or um Christ is your savior like he will only give you opportunities where like you can't do it on your own like good good luck trying you won't be able to you know absolutely that's so good Katie and kind of finishing up here one thing that we really like to do here at working at the wheel is we like to do what's called a reference minute um so obviously uh this would be the time for you guys to plug AIA and I know me and Katie have been a couple times too and we were in your bible study even this summer that you know poured so much truth into both of us um but other references you might have. We're not the only podcast out there. We're not the only, you know, resource for people that are really trying to seek out the truth. And obviously, and I'll say this every week, the Bible's the best resource we got, period. Um, but are there any other, like, preachers you like, uh, podcasts you listen to, you know, anything that you can really plug and give our listeners maybe another resource, especially to find out more about um, maybe this topic? Churches in the area. Yeah, that too. Yeah, I have been... First of all, yeah, the Bible, um, but also AIA. Like, AIA is, like, just makes me smile. Anytime Monday night we have Ultimate Training Academy online for, like, 30 minutes, 35 minutes, and then we have Bible study for, like, 30 minutes, and just seeing everybody's shiny or smiling faces, you know, like, it's just, it makes my day. I love it so much. Um, but I have, like, really been into Judah Smith. Um, this morning I listened to one of his sermons on Spotify and it was Jesus on Failure and it talked a lot about, uh, I think it was made in like August 2020, so it talked a lot about what's going on in the nation, a lot about corona, a lot about um, racial disparities, all of these things and he wraps it around Jesus and he always leaves the sermon as like, if you are leaving here and you're thinking more about yourself than you are about Jesus, I have failed you. So he always brings it back to Jesus, and, like, that has been the start of my day for the past couple weeks, and, like, it's it's amazing. It's really, really good. Yeah. Super good, super good. I, the, hmm, the two references that I would give is 
I'm also a part of AIA with Maddie. It's a great resource. I attend Blackhawk Church here in Madison online, uh, hopefully in person sometime soon. We'll, God willing, we'll see when that happens. Um, but I'd say two other references that I really enjoy that I listen to weekly. One is Stephen Furtick. He is at Elevation Worship. Um, you know, he's a very popular preacher, very much like motivational, encouraging. But man, he gives you some deep stuff where it really lets you think and gives you time to really meditate on it. And um, so I'd really recommend Stephen Furtick. And then my favorite guy to listen to is Craig Rochelle. Um, he does a leadership podcast that's really good, but he's also the pastor of Life Church. Um, and so I love to listen to his. Very encouraging, helps you grow, but also I love his ability to teach his listeners how to teach others. Um, man, he makes it so simple, so practical, um, and I really enjoy it. So I'd uh, recommend Stephen Furtick and Craig Grishel of Elevation Church and Life Church. Awesome. Those are definitely some great, some great resources, and I really hope anyone listening out there who's really trying to seek out um, where to start, especially, um, those are some really great, great ways to do that. Um, yeah, so that that's kind of it for us here at Working at the Wheel. We thank you guys so much for being here, um, for pouring some some truth and some life into everything. Um, like I said, it, it's it's game day today, game but when day. when the folks will be listening to this. Um, it will be game week against Minnesota. It will be Axe Week when they hear this. So, uh, if, if you guys want, if you guys want to finish with any encouragement when it comes to Axe Week, I know Brad's kind of he he he's got something to say over there. I can see it. The Axe has been here for a long time. I don't know why it would leave. I agree. <laughs> I agree. That'll be that'll be our first game day week too. Well, there you go. For men's basketball. Who, who do you guys play yet? Do you know? Or is that undisclosed information that you can't quite Not share? officially out yet. It's, okay. it's yeah. <laughs> still exclusive, I guess. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for being on. Uh, we really appreciate you taking time out of your morning to be with us, too. Um, but otherwise, uh, that's it for us here at Working at the Wheel. Thanks for listening, and we will catch you next week. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Appreciate you guys having us.